every day like New Year's Eve. Drinking rum and Coca-Cola, go down Point Kumana, both mother and daughter. There's nothing like vaguely racist 40s music looking for the Yankee dollar there going down to Cuba. White ladies singing about it in 1940. Um, hey, I hate everybody. You guys are all assholes. I've had a really shitty day. I have no idea why I'm doing comedy. Welcome to the Joke Workshop, where I sacrifice all my time so that you guys can practice your new jokes. And no one will ever book me on shows. That's fine. It's okay. I'm just invisible back here. Uh, but uh, So fuck the comedy community. And uh, here we go. You guys get to do four minutes of your uh, stupid new material. You hear this horn. <laughs> At three minutes, that means that um, you wrap it up, and then there's four minutes of commentary. There's microphones out here talking to one. If you don't, no one can hear you, and this is on the radio. Because I guess there's people out there that fucking care about my life. Clearly no one in San Francisco. But out in the world, they sure know I exist, maybe. Kind of having an existential breakdown today, so welcome to the Joke Workshop. I hope that you guys want to talk to each other, because I'm just going to shut the fuck up and, like, watch Stranger Things in here uh, with uh, some headphones. (sighs) Mouth breathers. Your first comedian. I haven't seen him in a while. Hope he's having a good life. Uh, Everybody put your hands together for Ken Suzuki. Pam, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Just keeping this possible, keeping everything rolling. Get that woman some mushrooms, some psilocybin. We can go. Oh, mutiny, mutiny, how I have missed thee. It's so good to be back in town. Hey, and there are people back in the city now. There are actually people here, yes. We weren't one of those chosen few that had to leave. While everybody else was out there pretending to burn down the man, we were here. Every day at open mics and at showcases, having our egos actually really burned, man. Oh, God. I wasn't out there trying to change the world, planning a new exchange economy. No, I was in San Francisco learning, learning that I could eat a thousand and one dicks on stage and survive, have my face impaled by all those dicks. Two Fridays in a row for two showcases. It was amazing. Oh, God, yeah. Burning Man, Burning Man, or as I call it, the Millennial Bohemian Grove, uh, took place this week in conjunction with SF Comic Con. Yes, the Peasants Burning Man. The only difference is, SF Comic Con people know they're actually pretending. I forgot what I was going with this a long rant of anger about it, but I don't feel so bad about it anymore. I, don't, I, I really don't. Oh my God, but oh yeah, Burning Man, the orgy, I gotta bring it up. But Burning Man, they have an orgy dome, ooh, they got the orgy dome, ooh. Pardon me if I pass, but they also don't have soap and water there. I want my rim jumps to be probiotic, not life-threatening. This ain't fucking kombucha, there is no FDA. All butt play, whether it be tongue, fist, or dick, is a self-regulated regulated industry. It's buyer beware on this one. God, Burning Man, where the next generation, or yeah, the next generation of our New World Order cadets go and convene to plan their next false flags and give us, choose our world leaders while all giving us the illusion of choice. 
In summation, would I raw dog an asshole at Burning Man? Yes, you know I would. Because I like my sex with just a little bit of danger. You ever been fucked with a gun in your mouth? It was hot. It's hot. Hotter than jet fuel melting steel beams. It's that hot. I came so hard. Really, I did. My eyes were rolling back in my head. I was on the ground twitching, shaking, speaking in tongues. She was like, I hope you're not having an allergic reaction to the chrome. I can't afford the EpiPen anymore. Stay woke. <laughs> All right, Ken Suzuki, ass jokes. Go ahead, guys. No, 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 go. There you go. Yeah, that sounded good. Uh, the Burning Man stuff was fine. Like the millennial uh, comparison to the Bohemian Grove. Maybe explain the Bohemian Grove or give a little context for that or make some more jokes about it. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. I also hate Burning Man. That's my new trademark. Yes. Uh, the energy is great. I, Tough in the room like it's tough in any room, I suppose. I'm going to try to mimic that later, but the, the energy definitely helps with everything. Thank you. And that is called the killer set, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the newbie comics out there. Thank you very much. All right, Ken Suzuki, our next comic. He is a funny man with a beard. Uh, put your hands together, John Gallagher. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, so I uh, just got back from uh, Humboldt County, and we did a lot of fun stuff. Uh, got to play. I got to receive probably my worst humiliation, I think, in comedy so far, and that was it didn't even have anything to do with comedy. It was just being the final out of a wiffle ball game on the losing team, and I don't think I will ever live that shit down. I think I will always be... I think everybody in the Bay Area is going to be mad at me. I think I lost, I might have lost friends over this fucking wiffle ball game. It's the realest shit I've ever encountered. And the only thing I could be that I was happy about was that it made the final out of this game and was just very glad that I just didn't shit my pants <laughs> at the end of it. This place, there was an entire game, but strikeout for the last out. And uh, I think that would be the perfect childhood nightmare scenario, striking out and shitting your pants in front of all your friends. That's, I can't think of anything... I mean, after doing stand-up for a little while, I don't think there's anything that's even close to that humiliating, ever. That is literally a childhood nightmare scenario. I could piss my pants right now. I think I'm fine. I feel like a god. Like, I could just do whatever I wanted right now on this stage. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, I, I watched the movie The Aviator recently. It's one of the other things I want to talk about. Uh, it's all about Howard Hughes. You guys know, like Howard Hughes? Know Howard Hughes? Genius man. Uh, won Oscars. He uh, was a billionaire. Drill bits. Uh, and then he was had a lot of OCD later in his life and had a mental breakdown, but also like fucked a lot of hot people, which is it's interesting to me because I have a hard time reconciling the fact the man with like debilitating OCD, like he couldn't eat food that was touching on the same plate, like all his planes had to be facing the right way. He had to have a certain number of things to everything. But this guy's just like, if I see a butt, I eat it. Like it's just I don't know. <laughs> I just never, I can't reconcile that. It's like, oh, just give me all the pussy. Oh. Um, and so, I, like, the one thing I could think of is that why he attracts these hot women. He's like a beautiful man. He was Googling pictures of him, doing a little Jane off myself. He's hot. Uh, 
It, it must, the sex must have been just as ritualized as all his OCD was, you know what I mean? So it's like he sits there and gives very specific instructions, so his actresses are just like, oh, it's a new role, you know? So then they come in, he's like, you will enter the room, you will knock three times, I will not answer. You'll enter on the fourth time that you knock. You'll be wearing nothing but a silky negligee. I will be lying prone on the bed with a throbbing erection. You will thrust yourself upon me three times, no more. I will ejaculate and you will leave. We'll never discuss this again. Like, I feel like it has to be that level of weird. They keep coming back. He's such a nice man. I don't know. They never talk about that. How did Howard Hughes fuck? What do you guys think? I was thinking about... What? I did obsessively. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's not... You can't... How much do you have to wash your hands? If you see bugs normally, how much do you have to wash your hands after fisting somebody? You know what I mean? Like, after having... I guess, you know? It was like the, you touch the doorknob, you got to wash hundreds of times. Finger in a butthole. You're fine. Clean. I don't know. Um, I found a new level of drunk recently, and that is uh, uh, bombing the Macarena. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, it's just uh, really just fucking up the easiest dance of all time. Looking around, there's a 60-year-old person just a- acing it killing it next to you little children are killing it <laughs> coming up starting where you left off you're like oh boy i don't know i guess better sit a couple plays out families here oh shit no good uh got a horn and uh i think yeah that's all i don't have anything else to work on unless you guys want to talk we don't okay john gallagher fisting jokes seem to go over well yep <laughs> all right cool All right, your next comedian. Uh, He was in a really big, huge, great festival where he was all over the entire Bay Area. It sold out shows, and isn't that awesome? Put your hands together for Richard Sarvate. Yes, yes. Happy Labor Day, everybody. And to you. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. Reciprocation from the audience. So good. Um, I only feel happy for another couple if both of them are uglier than I am. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, they found each other. Love is real. I don't know, if a, if, if a couple is better looking than me, I'm just like, oh, it's nice, but it's not gonna last. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Next. Um, I'll, I will do, uh, you know, to let you know uh, when the next joke is happening. Okay, it's gonna start now. So, um, <laughs> as I was driving in the car and there was a commercial that had like car horns in it. It's like, Mm-mm, get out of the way for these incredible prices. It's like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, it's like the most lethal commercial. Meanwhile, the state driving laws are like, no passing on the right. Don't change lanes in an intersection. Meanwhile, there's like, I don't know, like a psychopath in my car just like, I'm sitting in the foot while behind the driver's seat. I'm going to slice your throat if you don't take advantage of these incredible prices. <laughs> like, dude, back off, man. All right. So in that joke, I was pointing out the irony between state laws and the commercials. Um, next joke. So... Uh, I'm I'm Indian, but I mostly learn about India by white people telling me how amazing my culture is. <laughs> it's it's like, oh my God, Richard, your culture is amazing. And I'm like, listen up, time to learn. I was like, 
I have a figurine statue of Ganesh near my bed because, well, you know, Ganesh symbolizes new beginnings, and every morning is like a new beginning. Ganesh symbolizes new beginnings. Remember. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, what else do you like about it? What's your favorite Indian restaurant? I, I know all the Indian restaurants, of course, but what's your favorite? Oh, I like uh, Lahore Karahi. Oh, the place is amazing. The place is amazing. Lahore Karahi. Try Lahore Karahi. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, Islam. It's the uh, world's fastest growing religion. Uh, I read the Islam Wikipedia page. Uh, so to convert to Islam, you just have to say one sentence. All I have to say is, like, Allah is the one true deity and Muhammad is prophet. I'm, a f I'm, I'm Muslim now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the thing, and on the Wikipedia page, it said, uh, be aware that if you say this sentence, you will have converted to Islam. It's just like a, it's just be aware. He, 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 he just found out, he's like, damn it, no! I don't want it! I mean, the thing, it's just one sentence, you can accidentally do that, right? I mean, he might be saying that right now. <laughs> like, it's, but it's just too easy, right? That's why it's the world's fastest growing religion. There's like no barrier to entry. Like meanwhile, Jewish people are like, we gotta cut off a piece of your dick. <laughs> if you wanna join, like at the <laughs> weekly meetings, the Jewish people are like, I don't know why our membership rates are so low. Could it have anything to do with the cutting off of the dick? Don't, don't be silly. I don't know, I'm just gonna start a religion where you convert by just stepping on a crack in the pavement. Sarvatism. <laughs> um, getting quite near the end now of the set, and um, let's see, uh, Uber, the Uber Eats is out now. So my friend usually is like, dude, you can get your food in 20 minutes. I was like, dude, who are these people that don't know when they're going to be hungry within like an hour? So I'm going to be, oh no, it's starting. <laughs> Call Uber Eats. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> Sarvate, what do you guys yeah. think? Yay. Thank you guys. Thanks for all the feedback. Appreciate it. Yeah. 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 White Guild talking, but it always is funny when, like, the first thing you open with, which is, yeah, I never learn more about my culture than when Whitey tries to tell me. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Lahore Karate. I'm just here to be the white person who will accept and allow it. That's what I'm really trying to say. Do you ever get white people who are like, but you don't like seem Indian or yeah. look Indian or anything like that? And then does that cause like internal conflict with all the ways in which you've told <laughs> or, or how you think of yourself? I don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to, not doing a good job articulating this at all, but well, do you I, get what I, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. I have some material about that, but I just okay. think Yeah, I always think that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Lahore Karathi is good, but uh, Tikka Masala, two blocks. Is better than it, just so you know. They have better tandoori. Any other comments? Anybody? Yay, Richard Sarvate. Is Jenny here? I don't see her. Did she come? Did she come back? Nope, she signed up, didn't come back. All right, your next comedian. Uh, he, um, I don't. I don't know what to say about anybody today. It's Jesse Warren. Remember how they died for me. 
he's not here either. Oh, I guess they went off together to go to some other open mic that would, I'm sure is more important. All right, your next comedian, Wes Philipson. All right. I can rely heavily on the notes today. See, uh, I don't know, you might not be able to tell by looking at me, but uh, I recently got to hold a baby. <laughs> she doesn't normally happen, because to look at me, the only reason why I would hold a baby would be for ransom. I just feel like that's what I look like instead of somebody who could be trusted with a child. Um, but, see, oh, yeah, shoot. This is going to be real janky. Uh, See, but my, my friend did have one of these recently, so uh, I got to hold this baby for the first time. And, uh, and I, you know, it was, a, it was kind of a weird moment where was, um, all these emotions started coming in up because I was looking down at it and it was looking up, smiling at me, and, and I'm holding it, and it's supposed to be this really crazy things, and I'm starting to feel all these emotions, and I'm thinking maybe one day I'll have Parkinson's disease. And that way I won't have to, you know, hold any more babies. You know, I really don't feel comfortable with it. Like, because it's, uh, the one thing, and the reason why I say Parkinson's, reason why is because, uh, you know, the one thing I know about babies, it's the only thing, is that uh, they don't like to be handled like maracas. So, um, I try to stay away from that. But anyways, it, that's why they wouldn't get, trust me with babies. Um, and, uh, I lost the plot on this one. <laughs> um, so let's see. Oh, shoot. Damn. Oh yeah. That way we wouldn't have to. I mean, babies. Fuck. Should recite this more. Um, well, shit. All right. So I'm not even anti-baby. I just don't like holding them. Uh, they they feel like flaccid penises in my in my arms. It, and it's uh. You know, it's really uncomfortable when it's not yours, so it, um, I just try not to do that. Uh, all right, I can't remember where I was going with this. Skip to the end here. Um, I'm sorry, I, I completely lost. I'm going to work on that one more. Uh, I got a couple of liners, though. Um, do you think that uh, when handicapped pe dudes are getting laid, that they require a larger parking space and easier access to the entrance? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, a little laugh on that one. Um, I think that the antibiotics for the clap uh, should be called an applause break. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, let's see, the last thing is uh, I feel like open mics uh, are a lot like death, because um, uh, it's usually dark, uh, you're dying, and um, you see the light, uh, it means you have a few minutes before you have to wrap it up, so uh, get off the stage now. Thank you. Wes Philipson, all right, comments. Uh, practice more, I'm sorry. I don't know that one. Comments? Here's a comment. You either hold too many babies or too many flaccid penises. Fair point. I thought that maybe you would mention that you two have a super similar joke with the clap thing. Oh, yeah. He has a really similar joke about the clap 
a one-handed applause break or something. Thanks for that joke, Oh, I'm sorry. I no, no, I'm just saying, like, well, that's, I'm sorry, guys, it's called hack. The reason you guys both have the joke about the same thing with the same punchline is that it's hacky. I mean, I've done chastity pelt, and I thought I was a fucking genius, and then Susan Mileta five years ago was like, um, chastity pelt's my joke, and then I heard Leslie Small do it once, too, and I'm like, okay, so we're all smart enough, we got chastity pelt. I'm sorry, it's just, that's just the... I'm sorry if I'm a bitch today. I'm not usually like this. I'm usually like a really nice person, but I've been nice for like so many years now that I'm just fucking sick of it. So I'm sorry if I tell you that that joke was hacky, but it was. Yeah, Yeah, sure. I'll strike it. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Does anybody else have anything to say? I mean, you guys usually talk. I'm sorry I'm in a shitty mood, but you guys could like pick up the slack a little bit or something if you wanted or not whatever we can we can jam through this i have a stupid show at milk bar tonight so i don't give a fuck does anybody have anything to say more to west phillipson no okay west phillipson's yeah you guys i used to teach junior high and high school and i used to be a cunty bitch and now you're like oh my god pam's always been so nice well i'm not always fucking nice you assholes uh, all right, your next comedian. I mean, seriously, it's like, it's a gift that I've been nice to you for this long, and I, this is the first time you've heard me be cunty? Like, seriously? Your next comedian, I don't know him, he's got red hair. It's like these two people I don't know. This is like the worst day for you to meet me, like, whatever. But you know what? Dicks on the internet. Here we go, Carson Weiss. Then it's okay. My first impression was the podcast, so this is just even better. Okay, I'm from Georgetown, Indiana. Population, we never learned to count that high. (laughs) How many lost pennies were in Meemaw's purse when she died? 30, 72? I don't know. That's how many numbers. That's as high as they've uh, been able to count in that town. And that's about as many as we have in that town, about 4,072. Home of the whitest corn-fed, meat-eating, Republican-voting Jesus, this side of the Mississippi. They still run Dr. Quinn Medicine uh, show, whatever that TV thing is, is on local network uh, channels. It's really like stepping into a time machine, just a simpler, more racist time machine. When the people didn't use the funny picture words to communicate, and Sears catalog was hardcore pornography. And any other race other than basically mine uh, was a fetish. It wasn't, wasn't real, it was just a storybook. That's why I live in San Francisco. It's much more, it's much more relaxed, much more open-minded, much more free to be yourself, accepting of other creeds, colors, and races, and, and you're allowed to, you know, just be yourself. And uh, no one out here also uh, really wants to fetishize your particular strain of, you know, genetic predisposition, unless you're Asian. I work in tech. That is a thing. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. that was- that was bad. All right. Oh, yeah, guys. My girlfriend of three years uh, the other day Ted sat me down and said she wanted some space. Yeah, boo. She said she doesn't want to break up and that she, well, she even teared up at the thought of it, you know, us not being together, which was kind of sweet and kind of endearing and uh, almost made me forget about how many ticks will be inside of her when she, I'm gone. <laughs> No, that's... Oh, God. I'm not saying my girlfriend's a slut. That's not what I mean. I love sex. She loves sex. I pray everyone out here gets to experience penetrative orgasm at some point in their life. A few of you with a human being. 
But uh, but I you know I mean my girlfriend she has the perfectly right amount of intercourse with herself when I'm not in the room. Hey oh. Thank you. No, but she doesn't want to break up. She just wants space. And frankly, I wish she'd rip the bandaid off then and there. Like during this conversation, I because I'm still like we all know where this is leading, but I. I still kind of believe it's going to work. I still think, okay, well, if I give her some space, maybe, you know, maybe this will cool it off, and maybe we'll just we'll regroup and we'll get back together. What I really wish she'd have done is sent me on my way with a cardboard box to pick up my things, a decent severance package, getting HR into the room, let's have our lawyers sign some documents. I just want the clean break, because it's not going to come from me, you guys. I latch on. By the way, ladies, if you think this is a good idea to sort of give your boyfriend a heads up, like, not really a heads up. Like, in her mind and mine, we both sort of working things out. But in the big grand scheme of things, we'll say this relationship may be running its course and ending. And if you give a guy a heads up that it's going to be, uh, you know, it's sort of coming, but not just yet, um, let me advise against it. And let me give you an analogy as to why. Uh, the startup I work for is starting to gradually lay off people. And they started this about a month ago. They say they're pivoting. If you've ever heard this term, it's really just a light tech bro douche for, we haven't got a fucking clue, so now we're going to try this other shit. They're just changing course because they run out of money and they don't know what else to do. So they're just outsourcing us, and uh, the rest of us are just getting fired. But since they broke the news, I have yet to be fired myself, which means I've spent every single day stealing office supplies. Staplers, pens, books, computer cores, shit I don't even need. So in the case you wanted to, you know, you thought you were, for the girls out there, you thought you were running low on panties now. You give your boyfriend a sort of subtle heads up. You can forget about any recent purchases you've required. Honey, where's that dress you, uh, you bought me just because? Uh, did I give it to you less than 30 days ago? Yeah, why? No reason. As I thumb through the receipts. I just, oh, I see, I, just, I sent it back to the store. If I had it prepared, I would have had cash to throw a thumb through my, no, not going to work. All right, guys, this has been a wonderful audience. Kason, oh, Thank you. First timer, thank you. Yay, first timer. All right, everyone start complaining. I need this. I, I'm not, like, a very good joke writer, so I'm not going to really talk to you about the jokes, but on style, the fucking, the microphone stand is not a shield, or it becomes a shield if you take the mic out and you leave it there. Because, mm. like, it's just kind of this distraction I thing. So either keep it there with the mic in it, or, like, carry it around and use it as a prop, but don't, like, just leave it there. The one thing that I'd say. Um, Makes sense. Fetish, uh, fetishizing genetic predisposition or characteristics... Were those the three words you like put together? Yeah, that might have just been stalling and also a terrible joke. Well, no, I mean, because the, the setup, I mean, the punch wasn't bad. I just, I don't know if that was too many big words in a row. It was. I think it's, yeah. And then, um, I don't know if you ran the, but, and also be very mindful of the horn or the light. Yeah, it was too long. I don't know. I, Is that too long? No, you're you're fine. I mean, you went a little bit over four minutes, okay. but I, okay. I lit you late anyways, so it doesn't matter. Good to know. All good notes. Uh, oh, oh, and the physical, I did appreciate the physical act on energy. Like, if you're trying to incorporate it in there, there's something worth pursuing there that you can do. 
I mean, as you write and you begin to tighten up everything, that'll be that'll probably be really cool. Thank you. Is Jenny here? You usually can't shut her up, and today she doesn't want to talk? I'm here. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Just usually you're just uh, uh, going off, and today and just not, so whatever. Go off. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to say, it's actually, it's, it's very similar to what he said. Like, when you were like, you're thinking about how many dicks are going to be in her, and we, you saw your emotion, you're crouching down. Like, I mean, that's like not even a joke, but it was really funny. Yeah, so I mean, so sometimes jokes are like that, where it's just the emotion is what the punchline is. So yeah. I, I like that. Nice. So you said, is this first time comedy overall, or? Generally, I've been up on stage about 10 times my entire life. Okay, well, no, just uh, quick things. I mean, you, go, you were going super fast. So <laughs> really, really focus on, in your head, like, go crazy slow, especially when you're starting out, because that's another thing, too. You're going way too fast, so you don't even, even if you have, like, a funny line, you don't yeah. even give the audience, like, a chance to even, like, process it. So that's, like, another thing. You don't even give yourself, like, a good sample, because it took me, like, I think you were already into another joke, and I was even thinking about the first one, like, just trying to listen to how fast you're talking. Now, the other thing, too, is, um, like, for me, one thing that helps to make me slow down is making eye contact with people. That's another thing that helps you, like, connect with audiences, and it also helps you slow down hmm. and just looking at them. It can be scary, because, like I said, this is a weird thing we do, but that makes it a little bit easier, too. Thank you. Um, yeah. All right, Kaysen, why? All the way from Indiana. All right, your next comedian is here. She was on a showcase last Friday, and uh, she was funny. She talked about uh, corporate America and stuff. Uh, everybody put your hands together. It's Louisa Isbell. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pam. We don't deserve you. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, we don't deserve anything. Nothing is owed to us. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, to your point about um, giving your significant other ample like warning, um, I actually just came from meeting up with my very recent ex-boyfriend. Uh, we met at a coffee shop to talk, and one of the takeaways was between his like dry heaving was there needs to be hospice for relationships so that it can just like go down really slowly with a, <laughs> with a bedpan. Um, yeah, and John left, but he was talking about shitting his pants, and um, <laughs> I feel like the fear of shitting your, like the childhood fear of shitting your pants um, translates into adulthood. Uh, and is like amplified for women because we have to take plan B like way more often than men do. And that actually like can make you shit your pants because uh, of just the surge of hormones. And it's happened like with an alarming amount of frequency within my own friend group that it's like become the measure of a good day for us, I think. <laughs> if you did not shit your pants. <laughs> and I did not today, but I, but I could have because I just met up with my ex-boyfriend um, and I just learned a really good tip for like if you want to make sure you don't get back together is um, Uber yourself some eats in the form of a garlic shrimp burrito mm. from El Farlito <laughs> and just like eat half of it really quickly as you're running to catch Muni. Um, and he was just like really nauseous anyway and he's like smelling his coffee so he was just dry heaving and I was like burping garlic and shrimp and it like was cultivating a weird sort of empathy and understanding between the two of us <laughs> we're just both 
disgusting and sad people. <laughs> so we're not getting back together. <laughs> Which is good. That's what I wanted. Um, yeah, I saw a guy um, in the financial district the other day. I work downtown, and he was riding one of those motorized, it wasn't even a hoverboard, it was like a motorized unicycle. Um, and he was double fisting a Monster Energy drink and a, a Pax vape pen, just like double dicking it. And, um, but he was also dressed business casual, which really frustrated me because it was like he didn't know what kind of asshole he wanted to be. <laughs> just like real identity crisis, but he's just cruising along. Um, and I just like couldn't help but wonder if this, just everything that was happening was like the closest thing us as humans have to um, like dangerous markings, like you know, on spiders or like dart frogs. <laughs> just like, don't put me in your mouth. It'll make you, it'll make you sick. Uh, I think people give college athletes a lot of shit um, for just like being dumb, piece of shit. And I was a college athlete, and I I resent that notion. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people just assumed, like, given, like, where I went to school, they're like, oh, like, you just, you were brought in to, like, I don't know, win us a bunch of medals or something and, like, be unsophisticated. Um, but I was a rower, which I think is actually, like, a thinking man sport. It's one of the more, one of the more sophisticated ones. But then I thought about it, and, like, rowing as a sport most closely resembles, um, like, a dog dragging its ass across the <laughs> carpet. <laughs> but, like as a display of athletic prowess. I don't have a lot. That's all. That's all I'm going to do. Thank you. Louisa Isbell dragging her butt across the carpet. Go ahead. Oh, congrats, congrats on another day pant ship free. <laughs> I actually really like the, the line in there. I don't know if that was intentional or if it's like a subtle one when you said uh, plan B more than men. Because we have to take plan B more than men. Right. Well, men could take it, and it would probably fuck you up, but... Like, um, in a good way? No. no. Okay. <laughs> uh, you'll get very nauseous. <laughs> okay. You might throw up for shaved pants. So that was... Um, I really like that that little line in there. Breakup story is really good. And uh, as I said with... What's your name, sir? Kaysen. Uh, Kaysen. So everything I tell you is just projecting. I'm not a good joke writer. Uh, but... Like everything you have, you have all the like the skeleton. You can see a jokes. All of them are jokes coming together. Like as you write them down, just take your pen with like a red pen, and I'm gonna do that with I with what I did today too, and cross out any excess word that you think is there. I think that is going to give each punchline a lot more strength behind it. Yeah. Um, I liked when you said that you Uber you Uber eats the burrito and then took the muni i think that's funny like <laughs> you were like i need a i feel like you could highlight that kind of like indiscrepancy um the the like fear of shitting your pants from plan b um i think that's funny i wasn't totally sure what when you said it tied in with your boyfriend or like you i could have shit my pants because i saw my ex today yeah. were you saying because like you had sex with them and had to take plan b or like you no, took plan just because oh. like it was just really uncomfortable okay for everyone. okay cool yeah that makes sense and then when he's he's dry heaving because he's Sad? Like, he, is he, he was, crying? Like, he was or? really nervous, and then we, really nervous. Coffee, and we were, like, drinking coffee, and I feel like it's not. Mm. Okay. Just, like, okay. Yeah, I wanted to get, I think I want to get, like, more of a visual of what he's doing. Yeah. Also, but then when you kind of describe how you guys are both just, like, being disgusting, 
I think it almost makes it like I feel like you could point out that like that would make it kind of cute then if you got back together. You know, you're like, well, at that time we were kind of on the same level because I like smelled like garlic and he was like dry heaving. But then we decided not to or whatever. Or like maybe that's when you like go into the hospice point of your relationship. You're like, well, at least we can like die together. But like we're going to die really soon. Something like that. I don't know. I just thought it was like a, like a it was a cute parallel that you guys were so like you were pointing out how you wouldn't get back together because you were both being like disgusting. But I thought it kind of sounded like cute or funny that you were both oh, doing yeah. that at the same time, basically. Yeah. I know. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyone else? That's it. All right, Louise is back. All right, your next comedian was just giving comments. Put your hands together for Ginny Hogan. Um, so I don't really get when people say like they're cherry popped, like if they lose their virginity. It just doesn't make sense to me because like cherries aren't hollow, you know? Like, you can't stick a needle in a cherry. Do you know what would happen if you stuck a needle in a cherry? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing would happen. It would just, it's like, it's like a dense, like, fibrous fruit. Like, it would just go and, like, hit the pit. Like, is that kind of what losing your virginity is like? I guess I've never, like, had a penis inside of a virgin, but maybe there is some kind of, like, some kind of hard pit in there or something. Like, maybe that's why they say popping a cherry. Um... I don't really think that, like, anyone, like, any of the women I know in San Francisco, like, get their periods anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure no one does. Like, yeah, yeah, Louisa doesn't. Uh, You can tell just by looking. Just kidding. Uh, No, but, like, everyone's on some kind of, like, really intense birth control where, like, it just totally eliminates your menstrual cycle um, to the point where it's retro at this point. Like, I would be, like, curious. Like, if I met a girl who was, like, 25 and got her period, I would want to be, like, what's that like for you? Like, tell me about it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just been, like, so long since I've had mine regularly. Uh, it's, almost, it's like a fraternity could have, like, an 80s theme party where everyone, like, wears side ponytails and leg warmers and, like, pretends to menstruate once a month. Uh, I, like, I mean, I obviously hated my getting my period when I used to get it. Um, but now I kind of miss it, which is, like, kind of just me being a complainer. But uh, I wonder if it's, like, found something else, you know, to do with itself or, like, I don't know. I probably also should have done research into, like, the IUD that's inside my body because I don't even know if it's, like, sometimes, some of them, like, you're getting your period, but, like, nothing happens, but, like, the egg's still coming out and sometimes, like, the egg doesn't come at all or whatever and I should probably know which one is mine, but I don't. Um, I do think it's ironic that, like, the whole point of birth control is so that you don't get pregnant but then it eliminates your period, which is, like, the one thing that would make you think that you were pregnant. So it just creates, like, so much anxiety, especially if you're the kind of person who gets an IUD and then forgets that you got it. Um, I People are so judgmental. Of course I have to have, like, an IUD, though. Like, I don't even, like, have sex. It's not, like, for that. It's, like, for girls. It's because I don't want my friends to, like, think I'm not taking care of myself or whatever because, like, people are so judgmental if you're not on birth control. Like, you could, like seriously, like, a girl can be, like, drunk driving and, like, chain smoking and, like, doing coke. And then if she says she's not on birth control, like, all of her friends are, like, come on. Like, make better life choices, you know? <laughs> like, get your shit together. Um, I, uh... I, some guys seem to not like fake orgasms. Like, they complain about women doing fake orgasms. Uh, I don't know if guys... Do you guys realize what sex would be like if women never fake orgasmed? Like, do you know? Like, you would be having sex with a girl, and she would be lying there in silence, staring at you <laughs> like a cat. Uh, I have. I love fake orgasms. Like, sometimes I just, like, spontaneously fake orgasm. Like, I don't even have control over it. And I'm, I'm really good at them, too, because I'm just naturally, like, very red and out of breath. Uh, I'm prone to histrionics. Um, I 
but like sex like fake orgasms fake orgasms are my favorite part of sex like it's like the only chance i get to practice my act outs uh you know i'm like a stand-up i'm a stand-up comic like i can use the stage time uh, just develop my character um i uh but i'm not alone in this orgasm struggle though okay 60 percent of heterosexual women have reported faking an orgasm yeah the other 40% were not a part of the survey. Um, you can't call everybody. Uh, but there, I also, when I was doing this research into orgasms, I learned that uh, there are doctors who are working on eliminating the refractory period. You guys know what that is? It's the period right after sex. You don't know what it is? You do know what it is? You do, do you know what it is? All right. Well, I'll tell you why you don't know. OK, so it's the period after sex where guys have to wait until they can have sex again. You don't know because no one's ever wanted to have sex with you twice in a row. <laughs> uh, I experienced my own. Re I don't think they should get rid of it. Like I think the refractory period is like a great opportunity to like have a snack, like come up with an excuse for why you don't want to have sex again. Um, and all right, I'm gonna end there, bye guys. Jenny Hogan. Um, it just wasn't super. I, I got what you were saying, but it wasn't super clear to me when you um, were talking about your period as um, like a signal that you're not pregnant. Okay. So I guess just okay. yeah. work on the wording there, okay. but uh, but I totally got it, and it was funny. I would add the word peeing after cat, like a cat oh, peeing, because they have a specific look on their face when they pee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you should... I like how you use the word fibrous uh, when you're talking about the cherry. I think that's you should use that more. It's funny. And uh, there's this thing called the Coolidge effect, where like if you have sex, you won't. You can eliminate the refractory period by bringing in another girl. It just disappears. Um, so you can make maybe do a comparison because you, your joke that you're going to do is. Is this feedback or this is just you showing off? Oh, I was gonna, I was going to suggest this. You add this joke because you're going to say you're going to say something about I like the refractory. I know the refractory period. I have to wait 30 minutes after I pee before I have to pee again. Yeah, so you yeah. could you could compare it to like bringing in a new yeah, toilet or something like that. All right. Second to last comedian here. Uh, uh, again, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what how to bring people up today. It's Jesse Warren. Yay! I definitely think my ideal profession is rapper. Definitely a rapper at heart. Uh, my favorite rapper is Drake. Drake, aka Drizzy. Drake, aka the Sixth God. Drake, a.k.a. Champagne Poppy. It's a lot of aliases. Rappers have a lot of aliases. Uh, I think it's weird how rappers have a bunch of aliases, but bands, they never have aliases, I think, right? Mumford & Sons is just Mumford & Sons. It's not like Mumford & Sons, a.k.a. the single parent. Mumford & Sons, a.k.a. the nuclear family. A.k.a. the local blacksmith. Uh, I, I rap. If you see me in the cypher... I don't recommend stepping in. <laughs> I, uh, I spit mad bars. Uh, I have some nicknames I go by. Jesse Warren, a.k.a. The Collect Call. This one I go by. Jesse Warren, a.k.a. The Chemist's Daughter. Uh, that one stuck. Quite a bit of people call me that one. Um, 
Rap influences my thinking, man. So I was listening to this song called Kill 'Em All by Young Thug, and afterwards I was sautéing some onions, and out loud I go, you caramelize, motherfuckers! Normally wouldn't say that. Rap's like an ideal form of self-expression. Chief Keef has this one song called Don't Like, uh, where he goes, fake shoes, that's that shit I don't like. Fake trues, like true religion genes. That's the shit I don't like. And he just continues to list stuff he isn't very fond of. And he had millions of views uh, on this song, millions of listens. He made millions of dollars for essentially just complaining about somebody's outfit. I don't like your shoes, and I don't like your jeans. Dude, that's an ideal. If I could get paid to just bitch about people's wardrobe, I'd totally do it. I need, I'd like to earn some more street cred. I don't think I have enough of it right now. So I'm trying to get, so I, so I killed a man uh, in an alley. I killed him for, for looking at me funny, which is the most gangster reason to kill somebody. Uh, but nobody saw it. So I don't think it got me any more credit. It relies on word of mouth, which is really annoying. Just gonna have to, should make a database of that or something. Uh, so I, People complain that rappers just talk about money and women. That's all they talk about. People complain about it, but that's all I want to hear about ever. It's just money and women. It's all I care about at this point in my life. So I think it's they should keep doing what they're doing. Do you think at a uh, rapper at a rap dinner party with rappers, it'd be rude if you didn't bring up how much money you made at the table? Uh, <laughs> yo, I made two million on the track, motherfucker. Yo, chemist daughter, how much you make? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just trying to keep it modest. The fuck's wrong with that guy, dude? Why doesn't he tell us how much money he makes? Um, sometimes when I was with my ex, sometimes I'd make her cry. Something I'd say would make her cry. Uh, and I'd be sad sometimes, but other times I'd be mad at her for crying I'd be like do you really have to do this to me right now are you really gonna put this shit on me (laughs) it's a really fucked up thought uh cool dude I definitely think Drake gave himself the nickname champagne poppy there's no way there's no way people just started calling him that he's like fucking call me champagne poppy you guys I want to sound cool and he's just surrounded by yes men all the time because he's fucking Drake. People just do it. Now people call him Champagne Poppy, which is the most badass nickname you could get. All right, I'm done. Thank you. Jesse Warren. I was hoping that you were going to call back to Chemist Daughter, and you did, so that was good. Um, uh, I think it'd be funny if you listed, like, or if you talked about how much cred you perceive yourself to have, yeah. <laughs> like for things that you you actually do, like not killing a person because okay. you didn't do that, yeah, but like I don't know, just like a day in the life of Jesse Warren because yeah, yeah. I I don't know, maybe you, maybe you do things that yeah. are worthy of credibility, but like also probably not. <laughs> Jesse, can I just say that every time you uh, get up there, I get lost in your upper torso. <laughs> I just want you to know that. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like you could have delivered the opening just a little bit stronger because you were kind of timid about it, and I felt like that may have killed some of the effect it had. Uh, I liked rappers and the band nickname. When you went down that list, everybody was, I think we all were laughing. Um, 
when you were referring to um, I don't like, yeah. and you were talking, why give, you said I should do something. Give an example of something absurd, like a list of things that you don't like. Like oh, you're trying to drop yeah, this hot yeah. banger for the club or something. Um, and then with the street cut, it, I thought you could have just phrased it or set it up a little bit differently for the punchline to be swag, then I killed a man. Like, you're like, I want to get street cred. I don't know if you're trying to, you were working out the words, and you know, blah, 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 blah. I killed a man, and then, like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. In a, and I don't know if that was just in delivery or whatnot. It was purposeful. I'm trying to sound kind of, like, weird, like, unsure of the whole thing, because it's supposed to not fit but you broke character a little bit with your next bit then when you said you didn't come across like I wrote down you didn't come across as a narcissist or an asshole the entire bit until you said are you gonna do this to me right now and I was like well you maybe should have set that up just a little bit keep that character going because that that joke I think would have been really funny I think I think it is actually still really funny but um the complaining but you got to set yourself up as a narcissist before you do this or something. Complaining about her putting emotional oh, yeah, burden on you because she's yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, you got beautiful eyes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I creepy at all. I was going to, yeah, I agree with Ken on, and, like, when you're talking about your ex-girlfriend, you, you shouldn't be like, isn't that fucked up? Like, you should be committed to, like, believe, like, you need to come off like you believe that this is, like, angry to you. Like, you don't want, because then the, it's like, yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to say. Yeah. You can, um, you, on your shit you don't like, and then you said, oh, if I could just make some fun of someone, what they were wearing, blah, 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 well, you could make a short list like Joan Rivers or, you know, the people that do that for a living, the people who do make fun of people's clothes for a living, there are a lot of them out there, but they're not like you, like, you would be like, I don't know, this bro, like, you're not gay, and... I mean, do you know? Like, that's yeah. usually the people that are like, yeah, eh, yeah, and the yeah. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. You could have some sort of interesting turn there. Cool. Any other uh, comments? All right, Jesse Warren. All right, we have one last comedian for you guys here. Unless, George, do you want to do something or are you not? It's Ed, Ed Amp, but I'm just wondering if George wants to do something because he's here and he's just hanging out. I don't know. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's Ed Amp. It's always nice to have a raucous introduction. Yeah. I'm gonna Fuck take a... you. All right. I see what you did there. You can go to hell too, Pam. And while we wait for Professor Notepad to finish taking notes about his whiz, let's... uh. Let's talk about Jesse Warren and how I wish he used the nickname MC didn't talk about CrossFit. Or just the joke that Pam called hacky. Fuck you, Pam. It's not hacky. It's brilliant. All right? And just because of that, I'm going to perform the joke. I'm attracted to a very cute Jewish girl. Yeah. She's very intelligent, but she makes bad decisions. Like she's trying to get back with her ex, but that guy, he's no mensch. He's the kind of guy that would give a girl the clap without making a sound. (laughs) Thank you for calling that hacky, Pam. 
that applause of three or four people was more than enough to prove you wrong. Wrong, Pab! All right, now let's, uh, let's get into this. You're not going to get the first card, Pam, because screw you. Dude, fuck you right now. I've had a shitty day, and I know you're making fun of it in light of it, but if you don't want to fucking be here and have stage time, then get the fuck out. Seriously. Don't fucking say this shit to me here. I've had a really shitty day, and everybody knows it, and I'm still here running this fucking open mic on a Monday. So you can shut your fucking mouth, or you can get out the door. Because I don't have to do this bullshit for any of you. I don't have to run any of these fucking open mics. I don't have to waste any of my goddamn time for your shitty jokes. Because I have my own shitty jokes to do too. But nobody gives a shit about any of us. So if you want to fucking... Just whatever. Fucking do your stupid jokes. I'll start your timer over. But fuck you guys. Seriously. All right. That was uncomfortable. Why are mommy and daddy fighting? All right. That's the end of Joke Workshop. Uh, go to other open mics and shit. Bye. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen.
listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great 
Daily Ground Sustainable Burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org so come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Got it. That Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. 
People smile and tell me I'm a lucky one And we've just begun Think I'm gonna have a son We'll be like she and me As free as a dove Come and see me love The sun is gonna shine above Lovers on. Go. Even though we ain't got money, I 
Seu cabelo é legal Moda na gringa é Feliz Natal Se equivocou, mas ficou tudo bem Agora disso está na onda zen Hey baby, você venceu Passe amanhã e pegue o que é seu A maquiagem vai desmanchar Para o seu medo aparecer Zero a zero, agora eu vou Você deu mole, então eu marco o gol Zero a zero, você venceu Passe amanhã e pegue o que é seu Gringa é Feliz Natal Se equivocou Mas ficou tudo bem Agora diz que está Na onda zen Hey baby Você venceu Passe amanhã E pegue o que é seu A maquiagem Vai desmanchar Para o seu medo Aparecer Zero a zero Agora eu vou Você deu mole, então eu marco o gol Zero a zero, você venceu Você deu mole, então quem faz sou eu
congregation, please be seated and open your prayer guides to the book of Revelations, Psalm 69.
aussi l'histoire de l'homme à la moto. Il a brisé beaucoup de cœurs et il a laissé que le bruit de son moteur. Set for now. You smell like you haven't taken a shower. 